Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. It's time now for Why It Matters. Today we're talking about dengue. It's been significantly on the rise this year across Southeast Asia, potentially due to global warming, shifts in traditional weather patterns, mutations in mosquito populations leading to chemical resistance perhaps. Well, in Singapore, the NEA has warned of a new surge in dengue cases in recent months. In fact, there are more than 650,000 dengue cases in Southeast Asia and the incidence has risen dramatically by 46 percent between the years 2015 and 2019. Now, WHO's Strategic Advisory Group of Experts on Immunization, or SAGE, released recommendations for the use of a dengue vaccine called Q-Denga. Now, how effective is this vaccine? Do we really need them? Let's find out more. Right now, on the line with me is Ui Eng Ong, who is Professor in Emerging Infectious Diseases, Duke NUS Medical School. Professor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Very well. And thank you for having me on the show. Thanks a lot for talking to me about this. Dengue is a cause of concern. We see a lot of ad campaigns about it. But what's the current state of play here in Singapore as far as managing this is concerned? I think Singapore has had a long history with dengue. I mean, starting from in the 1960s when dengue became the most common cause of death amongst children from a mosquito-borne infection. But with vector control that we have today, you know, starting about in 1970, then mm-hmm. we had a period for about 15 years were relatively dengue epidemic-free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly from 1990 onwards, we have been getting these outbreaks once every few years, culminating in 2020, where we had the largest ever dengue outbreak in Singapore, followed by another one in, uh, in 2022. And I think the reason for you know Singapore having dengue is because... In put in very blunt sense, we are a victim of our own success because of the mosquito control. Okay. We've also reduced transmission. Right. And therefore, the overall immunity in our population is low. So okay. we have actually become more vulnerable to outbreaks because of disease control. Right? Okay. Okay. It's yeah. kind of like, I'm not sure if this is the right comparison, but a lot of people say that during the pandemic, everyone's wearing a mask and then you yeah. stop wearing masks and you get a flu so easily, right? Because maybe, or is it even like drinking water? If you the, the water that you drink is too clean, then any bit of germs is going to affect you. <laughs> is that the correct logic, Amor? Yeah. I think your analogy with, you know, what mask wearing and all that is spot on. That's exactly what okay. happens when, you know, you kind of break the chain of, uh, well, you reduce the exposure to pathogens. Exposure. And over time, mm. yeah, mm. over time, your immunity level drops, right? So I think Singapore's experience really spelled, underscore this need for a vaccine. So okay. you can't do with just mosquito control. You'll probably also need a vaccine because a vaccine will solve the immunity problem. So is this really the solution? I mean, what can we expect from this vaccine when you consider the most recent one, COVID-19, there were uh, some Mm -hmm. side effects, you know, for a couple of days, fever, that sort of thing. What can we expect from this one? Well, this vaccine is is actually four in one. So there are four different dengue viruses. Okay. And they incorporate this into one single shot so that when you have to take this twice, three months apart. But uh, the idea is that after that, you will have immunity to these dengue viruses. Now, of course, in in real life, as in all things, not everything is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So the protection from this vaccine uh, works very well if you have had dengue before. If you have never had dengue before, it protects against dengue one and two very well. 
it doesn't protect against dengue 3. Okay. We are still uncertain about dengue 4 because in the clinical trials thus far, it hasn't been that many dengue 4 cases okay. for us to be able to make firm conclusions on. Professor, I understand you're also Director Global Dengue and Aedes Transmission Diseases Consortium and yeah. International Advisor of Asia Dengue Voice in Action. And the reason I bring up that title is, you know, on the back of what you just mentioned with regard to taking this vaccine, what are your thoughts in terms of, let's say everyone took it, could it lead to complacency? Because it's the habit mm. of, you know, make sure you don't have stagnant water the size of a 20 cent coin. It's that habit mm-hmm. and NEA checks that are, are keeping us in check. Take a vaccine, mm. then you start to take it for granted. Yeah, well, I think the the issue is, you know, what's happened in Singapore is that, you know, the arguably, and I I say this in actual factual terms, I'm not trying to, you know, exaggerate. Okay. But Singapore has the best mosquito control program in the world, anywhere yeah. in the world, right? And and despite all the effort that NEA has put in, we still get these outbreaks every once every few years. Mm. So. And that has always been a problem with the, the other countries suffering from dengue, right? And okay. then, because they will say, well, if Singapore cannot do it, why should we even try? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so, a, another form of complacency, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, that fact that if you can now have a vaccine that now at least you protect, you know, however, whatever proportion of the population mm. that would receive the vaccine, then the cases will start to go down. Mm-hmm. I think the other lesson that we've learned again and again is that just like COVID, you cannot control dengue in just one country. So yeah. if Singapore just does what it does and all that, we will still get dengue introduced back into Singapore and causing outbreaks because, you know, Singapore would then literally be swimming in a sea of dengue. Right. You, you can't escape. Right. right, right. Okay, I see what you mean there. What about what SAGE has to say about this? Uh, and they are the strategic advisory group of experts from the WHO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what SAGE has done is that they've evaluated all the data that's available for this Q-Denga. Uh, and they've okay. made the recommendation that they have, right, that uh, they say that it can be reused, especially in places with a lot of dengue cases. Mm. Now, if we then jump into the detail and say, well, what do you mean by places with a lot of dengue cases? Again, that's kind of left a little bit vague. And exactly how are you going to implement this vaccination program? Again, that's left vague. And I think that's partly intentional because every country will have to weigh the benefits and risk of vaccination or the cost of vaccination. And then there's no one-size-fit-all solution. So each country will have to determine its own path. But in general, I think what SAGE's recommendation has said is that this vaccine is safe for use. Mm. Uh, in all, you don't have to know whether you've had dengue before or not. You know, you, it's safe for use in those places where... There's, there's a lot of dengue cases. Okay, so that's good, at least with the safety aspect. That's out of the way. We know this is yeah. safe. It's approved. Uh, I do wonder, and I, I don't know if you could help give us a little bit more context, the difference, and I only bring up COVID because that was the most recent case of a global mm-hmm. vaccination drive, right? So mm-hmm. this would work differently in the sense that each country has the option to decide to weigh whether or not they should implement such a vaccination drive? Does it need to come to that? Or mm-hmm. to just tell, say, for example, Singapore, hey, this vaccine is available. We encourage you to get it, but you can find out from your doctor. Yeah, I think one of the lessons uh, learned from COVID and 
just as nicely that you brought that up, was that, you know, the vaccine, the immunity from vaccine or even infection, they do not last a lifetime. Yeah. Right? You can get breakthrough infection. And it sometimes it's this repeated exposure that then sustains your immunity. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, what Sage's recommendation is, is really in line with the understanding of our immunity, right? So it, it's no point recommending dengue vaccination in people who don't travel to the tropics or don't live in the tropics. Because right. at the moment, there's no dengue there, right? right. But, and so whereas in places where there's a lot of dengue cases, then that's where you want the vaccine to be used. But at the same time, you know, there are also logistical issues. Can you, you know, do you vaccinate first in cities like, say, Bangkok, Kuala yeah. Lumpur, Jakarta, and then slowly fan out to the rural places because dengue happens mostly in cities, right? Yeah. So that's for each country to decide because then there's cost issues associated with it. So I think the situation is a little bit different from COVID at the yeah. end of the day, although the science underpinning immunity is the same. And that sort of point, should a country decide how they want to implement this vaccination? And, and I guess we are kind of straying to slightly speculative territory. It will change the public education approach, the surveillance approach for that matter. Mm. Will we see as many NEA officers walking the, the corridors? And I keep bringing that up because I get that quite often. But I lived in an area that was a dengue cluster for a while mm. and I quite appreciate that they do that. So you still want to establish that holistic approach for a country. Absolutely. I think the vector control prevents not just dengue. Yeah. Right? There's a whole lot of other viruses that can be transmitted by Aedes mosquitoes, including viruses like Zika, like yellow fever mm, and, all yeah. that, and chikungunya. So I think the work of vector control will continue. It's just that I think if we can implement vaccination in Singapore, then we will stop this you know, cyclical outbreaks where every few years we get a big dengue outbreak, right? Okay. Yeah, but it, it doesn't stop vector control. Right. Professor, since we have mentioned this vaccine quite a few times, if I was interested in getting this, what is the process like? Can I get it here in Singapore? Unfortunately, not yet. I think they're still going through the licensing uh, procedures. Sure. Obviously, you know, by the sages' definition, Singapore doesn't qualify so much as a place where there are a lot of dengue cases. I mean, we do have our sizable outbreaks, but we don't fall into that category that Sage was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sage's recommendation was to vaccinate children. Oh. I think in Singapore, there's no point vaccinating yeah, yeah. because children don't get dengue. We, right. we get it in older adults. So there's going to be some, <laughs> yeah, some new ones. Okay. And, I think that will take a little bit more time to work out. And, you know, with regard to dengue, a friend of mine recently got it and he unfortunately got it in his 50s. He said it was the worst thing ever. Is there some amount of immunity for like 10 years? Is this a a myth or or is it true? No. So because there are four different dengue viruses, you can be immune to one, but yet you'll remain susceptible to the other three. Right. So so it also comes back down to uh, should this be cleared in Singapore? I know it's still at the clearing stage. Uh Should it be cleared and approved for use? It still comes back down to if you as an individual, given your lifestyle, your job or whatever, qualify to get this vaccine and not so much if I want it, I go get it. I think at the end of the day, it's probably a bit of both. Okay, okay. It will be made optional. Okay, definitely something uh, worth watching out for as well as this discussion continues. I have been speaking with uh, Ui Eng Ong, who is the Professor in Emerging Infectious Diseases at Duke NUS Medical School. Professor, I appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Thursday evening. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. 
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Audio at the App Store and Google Play.